I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to today's WFAN Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for February 22nd. I'm Sweeney Murdy covering the Yankees. Don't forget to check out Ed Coleman's reports as well. He covers the Mets. You find us on the homepage at WFAN.com and on your podcast platforms on the WFAN On Demand channel. Subscribe there to get us. As Yankees pitchers and catchers continue their workouts by themselves, position players come trickling in today. They go through physicals. First full squad workout is tomorrow. Some injury news off the bat today. For the first time, we get an injury update on one of the pitchers. It happens to be Clark Schmidt, who made his big league debut last year. One of the Yankees' top pitching prospects. A lot of promise there. And should be a significant contributor in 2021, but that's going to be delayed. He has been shut down for the next three to four weeks with an injury to his elbow. However, at this point, it is not considered anything more serious like the Tommy John surgery that he had a few years ago. He did have that in 2017. We'll let Aaron Boone explain this one, what they found after Clark Schmidt's session a couple of days ago, underwent an MRI examined by team doctor, and here is the diagnosis as relayed by Aaron Boone. He came out of his bullpen the the night after he threw his bullpen, and he's got a common extensor strain, um, which is it's on the other side of the elbow, which I think in the big picture is a good thing. Um, he's, he's had an MRI. Um, his, his ligament his Tommy John is intact and fine. Um, but he is going to be shut down for a few weeks. Um, and just kind of going through range of motion things and making sure he's symptom free before he starts throwing again. So Schmidt just turned 25 years old just a couple of days ago, actually, and he has a Tommy John in his rearview mirror. Uh, this one, as as they said, the elbow ligament, the ulnar collateral ligament is intact. So that's good news, and we'll see what happens after this shutdown period uh, as he begins to throw again. So the Yankees, though, looking at depth, they will need a lot of starters. One of them has gone down early this um really takes Schmidt out of the equation for opening day. I think he was probably a long shot coming in anyway, but as far as consideration for opening day, this will take Clark Schmidt out of the equation and we'll see how he rebounds from this once he's uh, over this initial period, this initial shutdown. Uh, beyond Garrett Cole, and we kind of know that Garrett Cole is the top of the Yankee rotation, right? Uh, where do they line up? How do they stack up after that? Uh, well, I asked um, Aaron Boone about this, including, you know, really what he hasn't made official yet, but he kind of did when uh, telling us that Garrett Cole is the opening day starter. We all kind of knew that, right? But someone has to ask the question. So I did that and a few other details on how the Yankees will manage their rotation uh, with Kluber, Tyone, Montgomery, and whoever else holds down the fifth spot. This is how they're kind of mapping it out in the early going. Hey, Aaron, is it, uh, we haven't asked you, is it safe to say that Garrett Cole is going to be your opening day starter? Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. I think you feel pretty good about 
Kluber, Tyone, and Montgomery so far. Do you have an order for those guys in mind? No, um, I don't. Um, you know, we, uh, we we have opening day, and then we have the off day, and then we have another off day. So, you know, we might get a little creative there the, the first, you know, week or 10 days or first couple times through the order. Again, just being mindful of, you know, guys like Jamison and, and, and Kluber coming off of seasons where they didn't pitch, you know, possibly Domingo and just wanting to build guys up and feeling like we have um, a number of guys that are ready to be contributors, um, you know, especially guys that we feel like will be able to give us some length. So um, in a lot of ways, we're a long way away from that. Um but I would imagine with some of those off days, I think we have three off days in the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, it'll allow us to be a little creative and, and strategic with how we line them up. With those off days, are you thinking Cole every fifth day as much as possible early on, like you did last year? <laughs> Not necessarily. Cause you know, I think there's a chance that we, we, you know, we'll want to keep him regular, but we'll also, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of, him coming off a truncated season too. So, um, you know, especially early, I think there'll be times when we do value him pitching, say on the sixth day or, you know, taking advantage of an off day that um, keeps him on his regular turn. So I would imagine with Garrett, you know, there'll be times when we do keep him on that fifth day, but there'll be a number of times, especially early where, you know, we'll value him going on the sixth day, for example. So I I do think that Cole will get, the most opportunities to go on normal rest in the early going, but if they need to take an extra day and who knows what kind of weather issues they're going to be and maybe some other issues uh, that pop up along the way, uh, we'll see if they give an extra day here or there. But, uh, you know, Garrett Cole's really the only one here. I think you say safely, he's going to make 32 starts. Um, Jordan Montgomery feels pretty good. He spoke to reporters earlier today too. Uh, he's been feeling pretty good about his workouts so far. And, um, We'll see how he comes along through the spring. I think he's probably the next one, given you know where he is physically in relation to you know Kluber and Tyone. I think you feel good about Montgomery and what he can bring uh, over the course of mostly a full season in 2021. Yankees have a couple of pitchers who are coming back off of Tommy John surgery. One that they are counting on a. Great deal, actually. Luis Severino spoke to reporters today. Severino is 12 months removed from his Tommy John surgery. Uh, and in years past, sometimes that meant, you know, pitchers returning. Uh, but a lot of times that would have been, let's say, if the pitcher had uh, was 12 months out in August and you could bring him back in September for a little push, uh, trying to get a full season out of him after a 12-month period, usually they like to push that, remember, typical recovery is 12 to 18 months, anywhere in between. Uh, the Yankees are looking at a midsummer return for Luis Severino uh, as uh, probably June, July, maybe even August, Brian Cashman cautioned. But uh, it all depends on the recovery process. Severino is still about a week or two away from getting on a bullpen mound, but he's felt good so far in his recovery, and uh, he updated us on his progress so far. I mean, I hope to be back sooner, but that's, that's not, you know... Uh... Something that I, that I that I have a, a sack day, you know. Uh, the most important thing that I, I feel really good, you know, and just taking day by day, you know. Uh, I'm close to be I'm throwing bullpens after that kind of phase here. We will see how I feel and how the progress is going, and we will see. 
when I start playing cards at the beginning, it was like I didn't know what to expect. You know, uh, this is the first time being being like having a surgery like that. So it was just weird. And right now, like I'm getting back to myself. Like I feel like okay, this is how you know uh, feels how it's going right. So right now I'm at a great point. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, the guys from the team reached to me uh, when everything happened. Uh, even I talked to uh, Aravino, he was here. He told me uh, how long is the process. Also, I got uh, uh, friends from other teams that have the same, you know, uh, problem. See, at the beginning, you're not going to feel good. You feel like, like it's not right, but until you start, like, working out and getting better, getting stronger, it's going to feel more natural. And that, that's... That's been good, you know, at the beginning, it was how they they say it was going to be. I mean, I'm 100% sure that I'll be back. That's where I was in, in the past, you know. Like I said earlier, my body, my, my arm, even mentally, I feel pretty strong that when I get the chance to be back in New York, I'll be myself again. Getting Severino back for the second half of the season or sometime in the second half of the season, even if he makes, say, 10 or 12 starts, that's going to be huge because you're looking at the 10 or 12 starts at the end of the season plus whatever happens in the postseason. And in this year, when you're trying to kind of stack pitchers and figure out how to get the most innings, having a fresh arm uh, at the you know in August is probably going to be a good thing. Now I guess I know it's not totally fresh because he's rehabbing through this process, but you're not you're able to control the output for these first few months of the season, and, and you'll have another arm to uh, to put really near the top of that rotation as Severino, as he promises, can return to his old form. Another pitcher that's coming off of Tommy John surgery and hopes to make an impact in the Yankees, either rotation, bullpen, or both at some point, is an old friend named Adam Warren. He is in his third stint with the New York Yankees. You know him well. You know what he can do. And uh, after having Tommy John surgery in 2019, Warren is ready to contribute again. He is a non-roster invite this spring, and uh, we'll see what he's able to accomplish. Warren updated us on his status right now and how he feels about his spring. Wearing the pinstripes always felt like home to me, being a Yankee, and um, yeah, it's just it's special for me. So like, it's just emotional coming back and, and being able to, uh, you know, throw my first BP yesterday and throw bullpens and be around the same. A lot of the same guys, same staff, and um, you know, just fit right back in. So it's just been, um, it's just been you know, a dream for me always to be a Yankee, and and especially with the team uh, that they've put together this year, even to be you know associated with these guys is is exciting for me. For me, just this spring, my my mentality is to prove I'm healthy, prove I'm the same guy I've, I've always been when I've been a Yankee, and um, you know, so you know, normal soreness today, like I expected, so. Um, really, I just uh, as possible and, and get as many reps this spring to help build arm strength and, and just get the reps that I've missed out over the last year and a half. You know, this is all kind of a, an unknown for me, so it's, it's more just a learning process for me. And again, I want to try to get as many reps as, as they'll give me uh, in camp just to, you know, prove to myself and prove to the team that, I, that I'm ready to pitch in the big leagues. And um, we'll just kind of see how I bounce back, how my stuff plays. And um, I've already seen my velo just jump from first bullpen to – you're going to see it when you face hitters, a little more drilling. But just to see the arm strength coming along is, is encouraging to me. But, you know, obviously, I w- ideally, I would love to, to break camp and, and be with the big league team. But I, I'm, 
very realistic and, you know, I come into camp, just, you know, I don't want anything handed to me. I want to uh, earn everything. And um, I don't feel like I'm deserve, you know, I deserve anything. And, and so um, just coming with that mindset that um, I got to prove myself all over again, prove that I'm this, the guy I was a few years ago. And, um, you know, let's just see what happens. There's one final thing I want to hit on for you today as we wrap this one up. Uh, Obviously, news out of Seattle focuses on the team president and CEO and his comments on a variety of issues, including the use of interpreters by uh, Spanish-speaking and Japanese-speaking players. Um, And listen, they don't need me to stick up for them, but I feel, you know, I've had a front row seat to this and to try to relay to you what these guys are going through, because I hear it all the time too. And occasionally you see the slights on Twitter of whether it's Gary Sanchez or somebody else who uses an interpreter during an interview. And it's almost seen as that they're using a crutch of some kind and it it is some sort of sign of their intelligence or weakness or something. And it's really appalling to hear that because if you have any idea what it's like to, you know, I'm reminded of Jerry Seinfeld's old bit about public speaking. Uh, I don't know if you heard this joke from him, but he said, you know, people's number one fear in a survey was public speaking. Number two was death, uh, which means that to the average person at a funeral, they would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. And the idea of speaking in public to a group with cameras on and everybody hanging on your every word and doing it in a language that is not your first language is something that most of us are not familiar with. And I think it's hard enough for anybody who was born and raised here, English speaking, to stand in front of a group of reporters, especially, you know, baseball media, the New York media, and have questions of a group of people surrounding you, have questions thrown at you. Uh, it's hard enough to get through that without, you know, stumbling a little bit or sticking your foot in your mouth or just, you know, just getting through it and not, you know, feeling a little anxious about it. So then to look down on somebody who wants the security of having their words come out right. And that's really all it is. Um, There are a lot of players who have gone through and have, come from, whether it's the Dominican or any other Latin American countries or the players from Japan, they've taken time to learn English and they are comfortable in certain settings and with teammates uh, and in small settings. But the interview settings are completely different. Ichiro Suzuki speaks wonderful English. I was on the field with him uh, a few years ago when he was with Miami and catching up with him. This is after he's still with the Yankees. I talked to him for 10 minutes on the field uh, in English. But Ichiro always used a translator for interviews because there is a precision to getting your words across in that forum that is necessary. And if there's even the slightest chance of saying the wrong thing and having it misinterpreted, well, that's why they have the interpreters there, to make sure the message comes across clearly in, in, a, in such a public forum. Uh, I applaud guys like Luis Severino and Gleyber Torres who feel comfortable enough to do their interviews in English. Um, I understand why others are not as comfortable. And it's a big step for some people. It's, it's not any different than when you look at people and say, well, they're a little shy. They're more outgoing. There are a lot of different personalities at work here. And when you add in the layer of having to speak a different language, 
to answer questions that are going to be, your answers are going to be spread out all over the world, well, you can understand maybe some of the anxiety that goes into that. And I've heard plenty of tales from from Hall of Fame players like Mariano Rivera, Hall of Fame caliber player like Carlos Beltran, about their uneasiness coming to the U.S. and being a young ball player, not knowing the language and how uneasy they felt. Beltran telling stories uh, about how you'd go to eat at the same place all the time. You'd go to like a McDonald's or someplace just so you could point to the number three, knowing that's how easy it would be to get a meal instead of actually having to speak to the server and and try to um, express something to them in this language. Uh, Mariano Rivera would talk to people all the time uh, about uh, the young Latin players, about, you know, how he adjusted to it and trying to get them to learn the importance of it. But again, it's a personality thing a lot of times, and not everybody is comfortable uh, doing an interview setting. So, um, I, I don't think there's any reason to look down on anybody that uses an interpreter, no matter how long they've been a part of the organization or in this team. I think it's comfort. I think it's security. And uh, listen, it just takes a lot to get up in front of people sometimes just to speak. So um, I applaud those who do it, whatever form or fashion they choose to do it in. Uh, that'll do it for today. Make sure you come back to the WFN.com homepage. You can find all these links also sent out on my Twitter page, at YankeesWFAN. We're here daily through spring training as position players get started. Another week of workouts here. The first Yankees exhibition game comes this weekend on Sunday. That's a good time to remind you as well that every Sunday from now to the end of spring training, Ed Coleman and I will be on the air on WFAN. In addition to these daily podcasts, we'll be on every Sunday morning from 9 to 1, leading you up into a Yankees baseball game on WFAN. Uh, again, go to the WFAN on-demand pages on your podcast platform. Subscribe there, and you can catch my report and Ed's report daily delivered to you there. Otherwise, check out the WFAN.com homepage, and you'll get our daily updates there as well. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.